Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guests are Dr. Bob Nelson and Mario Tomeo, the authors of Work Made Fun Gets Done, Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results. And if you are a manager or an employee, you do some kind of work, this book is for you because it's filled with real ways, things that companies are actually doing to make work more fun. And it's not in lieu of getting work done. It's in tandem to. That's what the title of the book is. Work Made Fun Gets Done. If people are having fun, they're going to do a better job at work. They're going to be happier. They're going to be less likely to leave. And those are all good things for a company because it's kind of hard to run a business when no one wants to work there. And then in effect, no one does work there because they're all leaving. So there's so many good examples in this episode. And then there's hundreds more in the book. So you definitely want to listen and be taking some notes maybe while you're doing it too. Not and be like, hey, that's a good one that I'm going to try. That one sounds scary. That one sounds perfect for me. Lots of good ideas all throughout this episode. And if you want even more good ideas, head over to goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Sign up for the mailing list. You'll get tips, resources, tools, not at a crazy pace either. We're not throwing 3,000 emails at you a day like so many email lists do. Way more, way more laid back than that because that's more fun, not having your email inbox clogged up. Very fun, very enjoyable, just like this conversation with Dr. Bob Nelson and Mario Tomeo. To start, for people who maybe don't know who you are, can you give us your name and elevator pitch and the type of elevator that we're riding on? It's an Otis elevator. <laughs> Dr. Bob Nelson. What about you, Bob? I'm considered the leading expert in employee recognition and engagement worldwide. Yes, he is. He's been doing it for how many years? Yeah, 27. Yeah, and he's got a book out on that called Thousand and One Ways to Reward Your Employees. And how many millions of copies have you sold of that book? 64th printing, 2 million. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Do you think there'll ever be a point where you lose count? Lose count of what? Of how many, how many printings you've done? 64 is a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why it's seared in my memory. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes it all the more powerful. It's not a regular business book that you read from cover to cover. It's more of a reference book. So it's amazing how many people have bought a reference book. Because they use it. Yeah. Well, not unlike the one we did, Mario. That, that's true. Book. That's true. And uh, my name is Mario Tamayo, and I am a human performance and organizational consultant. And Bob and I have known each other. For what, 33 years, Bob? 34. 1988, 34 years. Uh, at one time we worked together. Bob was my boss when we worked with the Ken Blanchard companies, who's probably most well-known by the One Minute Manager book and Situational Leadership. Uh, but since both Bob and I left there, we've plied our own trade. We worked together quite a bit. And, uh, well, you, you forgot to tell him that we met at Walt Disney World. How about that? Which so is... We were destined to write a book on fun. The happiest place on earth, and it is. Both there, in California, in Tokyo, Paris. Where else are they? China. Anaheim. 
Yeah. What are we talking? Uh, Haunted Mansion, um, Splash Mountain. Where 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 was the Air, airport? World? We we found out at the airport that we were both there for the same meeting and that we'd be rooming together together for five <laughs> days. <laughs> Joey, you're laughing a little bit too much right now for my comfort. <laughs> Well, you said that like there was a sense of dread of, of having to Well, together I learned days. very quickly that Dr. Bob Nelson is a guy that works and works and works. He probably averaged two to three hours of sleep a night. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on, it's on these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's on the podcast here. No, but we, uh, we met there. We started a great relationship. Uh, uh, work together. We've uh, done trips together with our wives, and and uh, you know a lot of social activities. And, and the Consulting. key is we're having a lot of fun doing it. Even the work that we do has always been a lot of fun. It has. And I don't I don't know if you dropped the title of this book, but it's called "Work Made Fun Gets Done: Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results." So I, I guess it was born at Walt Disney World, like you're saying, but. Where did this this specific idea to do this book come from? I I guess uh, I was toying with it for maybe a couple of years before I got uh, Mario on the project to help me wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, before we got serious about having fun at, uh, about telling people about having fun at work because it really makes a difference. We we knew we knew there was a, a need for it and that times have changed. You know, it used to be very clear that you were paid to work and you did that in the office and you had fun on the weekend at home and never the two shall meet but uh some things changed about work and now a lot of people are working from home and i don't know anyone that that doesn't do work from home uh or on vacation for that matter and so we just uh decided you get you got to make fun part of your work you do and so we we want to do a guide for how to how to do that, and how to do it in your own work, how to do it if you're working with just a few people, how to do it if you're a leader, how to do it for the organization, what things you can do to make it a more fun place to work. And we've had a couple of well-known business entities that have pretty much followed us into this. We had uh, a Fortune company comes out with a a 100 best companies to work for list every year. And Bob, you know what, what was that percentage that they found? Well, they, when we looked at their data, 81% of employees that worked at best companies to work for in America said that it was a fun place to work. Whereas for those companies that applied for the award, but didn't receive it, only 61% of their employees said it was a fun place. So that was that single variable had the largest differential in their study between great companies and also ran so we've always felt there was something there but we've, we've got able to quantify some of the justification for why you need to take funds seriously and then the deloitte consulting firm said that be based in part on that research that dr bob just mentioned that fun is a competitive advantage for serious companies today in fact they they call the decades of the 2020s the era of workplace fun uh, and they said, if you're going to be serious about having a high-performing company, then you better get serious about having fun at work. And they had they had someone on their staff that uh, did a doctoral dissertation that we we cite in the in the book as well. So you know, we start with the 
expounding of the topic. And then uh, we had a very clear filter. And then we looked for examples that fit it, starting with our own examples. And then I did an email to my my uh, database, which is 150,000 people. Uh, and I got examples from around the world from that. And then we also looked at secondary sources in uh, publications, magazines, and, and books for examples that fit uh, what we're looking for. And what we ended up finding is we found over 400 low and no-cost ways real companies, real organizations are employing today to have fun at work. And the book is segmented for the individual person. It's segmented for teams, for managers, and then things you can do for the entire organization. So obviously don't give away all 400 of these, but I'm curious for each of you, do you have a favorite, let's call it a, a favorite method of fun from the book? Mine is one that actually Bob and I did when we worked together at the Blanchard Companies. Okay. Uh, we surprised our, team, our product development team, and we said, you know, when, you, when we meet this deadline here, we're going to do something special. And it just so happened that when we, right after the deadline, they, there was the launch, a debut of the first Jurassic movie, Jurassic Park movie. So we put a sign on our door, and we had 33 people working in the department at that time. And we said, out to a paleontology workshop. So we called it the, the, uh, the fun afternoon. We had popcorn, uh, peanuts, and the whole bit. And we all went and watched the movie, and everybody had a blast. And, and it was. It was a ton of fun. People talked about it for, for weeks and months afterward. How about you, Bob? What, what's your favorite one? That's mine too. No, <laughs> <laughs> no well, one, of the, one of the big uh, learnings in doing this project is that uh, I, I was really surprised by was that what people feel is fun almost varies from person to person. I thought it would be kind of everyone would say the same thing. If you ask me what's fun, I'd say, well, it's when you're laughing, you're having fun. What could be easier? But if you ask my wife the same thing, she goes, well, if I come home from work and I got a lot done, it was a fun day. Really? <laughs> and, and everyone has a different thing that, that, that makes work fun and different things that they do and try. And that's what, that's what values from having, uh, you know, a lot of different perspectives. And that's the value of the book because you can, you could see what else someone else did that had fun, and it'll probably work for you as well. Uh, so one that comes to mind to me is a uh, Laura Donnelly out of Los Angeles. She said when she is doing a work and wants to have it be fun and more meaningful, she puts on Yo-Yo Ma's uh, 2015 concert that he did three hours uh the five concertos he did uh, he played three hours from memory with like a, a three minute break and she said when that music's on you feel like god's going through his hands you know and if you listen to it, what whatever you're working on it gives you the same feeling and i got off the phone and i tried it wow she's right <laughs> you know? and, and so that was a a fun a fun trick to you want if you've got a, a down day and you want to put a boosting your step and feel that what you're doing is has more importance play your mom in the background <laughs> and it didn't cost her anything extra yes yeah, free on thing. the internet 
I might need to try that. I've got, uh, I've been feeling a little sluggish this week, so I like, uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but there, you know, it starts very simply with your own work. So you can't sit around and, and, and wait for someone else to make your work fun. You got to, you know, get in the game yourself. And so, uh, we, we looked for, for things that people did to change their attitude and, and make things that were difficult go quicker. And, so there, there's one technique of putting a timer on for 20 minutes when you've got something to work on that you're dreading and see how fast you can get it done, you know, get it over with and play a game with it. You can also, you know, of course, reward yourself when you finish a task that was difficult. That could be a walk, walk around the block or it could be, you know, shopping online or calling a friend. Doesn't or have eating to be- a fried peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> 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 Mr. Elvis, yes. Yeah. And you know, what, one of the neat things about this is what we found was is that most of these big programs that organizations have going for fun, they started from one individual or a couple of people having an idea, starting it in their own department, and then it grew. And the fact that they, somebody took ownership of it and they could come to work and they were being paid to have this fun happen. Uh, it was amazing. So people go from individuals starting it to a couple people, then they have committees. And then nowadays you have uh, organizations that have vice presidents of fun. Can you yeah, believe that? Would you believe that? It becomes part of your culture. You know? That's a great title, yeah. In fact, I, haven't, I don't think I ever told you a story, but I took my, my daughter around looking at colleges a, a while back, and one of them we looked at was MIT. And they have a whole thing on fun and pranks, and they have a they have a police car that's on top of a building that some <laughs> students did once, and, and then they have a they have a prank day, and they have a competition on doing. It's just crazy, but it's, but it's fun. They they also had a. I remember I loved it. They had a you can get a certificate in pirating at MIT for <laughs> pirating pirating sword sword fighting pistol shooting, and I can't remember what the third one was. Climbing, walking the plank, yeah, something. But <laughs> but it, it was you had to put some work in to get it. But <laughs> certificate and pirating, wow, wow. So that's fun, you know. And yeah, that's the thing. People, you're only limited by your somebody's imagination, and somebody's always coming up with something different. And again, what they come up most of the time doesn't cost anything. More times than not, or or if it is, it's a nominal budget to celebrate at um, the. President of Belmont Colleges, for example, he went on a sabbatical for a year to just visit high-performing companies. When he came back, first thing he said is, every place I visited was having fun. We have to have more fun here. And so he he created a fun committee and staffed it with volunteers and gave them a directive. I don't know if initially he even had any budget, but let me know if you need any money, but what do you want to do? And they brainstormed and came up, and we want to do this. And now they've got someone that could, um, if morale's low, we can have them do something. Or to celebrate success, you certainly have to do do something to recognize and have fun around that, which is uh, part of my, my belief and the power of recognition. If you don't recognize what you did well, it's, it could be harder to repeat it. And what does get recognized, recognized does get repeated. So. If there's anything you want from another person, your girlfriend, your spouse, a customer, treat them the way 
you know, recognize the things that, that uh, you like and they'll do more of those things. Yeah. In fact, there's a, there's an organization in Colorado. It's a, a consulting firm and they don't have just one value for fun. Sky team. Sky team. Well, how many do they have, Bob? They had four different values for fun. Seven, four eight, values of fun. They have eight values and four of them are different types of fun. So, so they're serious about it. Very in, entrenched. And it's entrenched in each of their relationships with their their customers. I, I personally think that, you know, life's too short not to be working with people that are fun to work with. So I use that as a guide with who I tend to deal with, you know, wherever possible. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I remember one time I was working, my sister lives out in LA and I was working from her house because uh, I, I was out visiting her and I was on a call and I got off it and she's like, I don't have fun on phone calls like that. And I was like, <laughs> I know. And you, I think that's at the time she was looking for another job. So I was like, that's probably a good indication why you're, you're out looking for something else because yeah, you're not having fun. You come home miserable. If you're miserable at work, you come home miserable and then you make everyone at home miserable. You know, you complain about fact, 15% of employees or, or employees spend 15% of their time at home complaining about their boss. Does that, does that change anything? Does that help anything? <laughs> Probably not. You're venting, making that person miserable. <laughs> and then let the, the, the them complain. And now we're both in it. Great. <laughs> and jo- Joey, what do you like to do for fun at work? Oh, I mean, I think uh, when you were talking about the the Jurassic Park movie night, we actually did something similar with Back to the Future uh, Mm. a few years back, Mm, which I realized as we were watching it. Marty, I need the flux capacitor. (laughs) I realized as we were watching that I had never seen the beginning of Back to the Future. Like every time it was on TV, it was always like 15 minutes in. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, the last like two thirds of this was very familiar. But the first part, I was kind of like, oh. I think I kind of missed some of the uh, the initial setup of this movie. Yeah. Well, 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 if you're enjoying this episode and it's sparking some ideas on how you can make your experience of work more fun, you might want to check out Why Play Works. Host Lucy Taylor, founder of Make Work Play, and Zuki Stewart, co-founder of Playfield, hear the stories of trailblazers from play practitioners to academics to organizations who are radically reshaping work as play. Lucy and Zuki investigate how we can harness the power of play to boost resilience, improve well-being, and foster collaboration, connection, and creativity in the way we work. Each episode serves up some playful practices you can take away, inject into your own work. Listen to Series 1 at whyplayworks.com or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Chances are, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, you can also listen to Why Play Works. So when this episode is done, look up Why Play Works, listen to it, and enjoy all of the great stories that you're going to hear and actions you can take to make your own work more fun. Because, hey, work made fun, it gets done. Bob, you've written a book that you've sold two million copies of. Oh, that's not just one. He's written 30 other books. Oh, I, I know. I've, what What did you learn from those books that you applied to this book? Or was this such a sort of a different idea from what you've done in the past that it, it was kind of like almost starting from scratch? Well, someone once told me that every author is writing the same book over and over. <laughs> and I, I think there's some truth to that. So the, this, of course, is a slightly different topic, but it's a piece of the fabric 
on how do you, what do you do to have an environment where people are motivated, they enjoy the work they're doing, um, who they're doing it for, who they're serving as a customer. And all my books have all kind of pointed to different pieces of that. So the book before this one was called A Thousand and One Ways to Engage Employees. And I guess I guess I have a, a format. I've done books in other formats, but the one I most do is to get a clear a clear topic, have a research foundation, and then look for examples, kind of cut to the chase. And, and so I'll find, um, I'll find, uh, I'll sort through a story and I'll, find, I'll zero in on the piece that in this case is where someone ha- made something fun or in recognition where someone gave them a reward or a, or a form of recognition and what that looked like. And it's all over the map. So there was, you know, that that's been that book now has fifteen hundred and one ways of of there's just so many ways that you can you can thank people just in uh, I mean we've just named a few just <laughs> that we've done at random and, but uh, things that you can do to make people feel special and surprisingly like the fun topic the most motivating ones tend to be things that don't cost any money so a personal thank you from one's manager someone they hold that hold in high esteem or a job they did well is a top a top one or being um asked your opinion um at at work or ideas for improving things 92% of employees in my research say that they'd like to be asked for how we can do things better around here what the kind of, kind of common sense thing and then if they have a good idea here's here's a blame crash you know let them pursue it. Let them. Well, that's a great idea. Why don't you try that? Tell us what you find out. You know, who's going to have more energy for the idea than the person that came up with it? Let's know if, how we can help you with your idea. Now they've got ownership. And, you know, wow. And wh- one of them said, "God, if you want to thank me, can I serve on that ad hoc committee?" You know, other people would say, "Hey, that's extra work," but the other says, "No, I want to get ahead. I want some visibility," and that's that's exactly what they got. Yeah, the, there's actually it's like eight uh, percent of people want to be recognized by being given more responsibility. So you got to know people you're dealing with and know what does it for them, and and uh, it, it it changes over our our life and over our career, you know. Um, but um, so 92% said they, they want to be asked for their opinions. 89% said they want to be involved in decisions, especially those that affect them. How hard is that to, to ask, hey, we're, we're going to talk about this, this, uh, this decision I got to make. And I'm, I'm the manager. I got to make the decision. But I know it would be a better decision if I have your input. And you guys are closer to the job you're doing. So what do you think? And then just the process of doing that makes people feel validated and, and acknowledged, shows respect and trust. and. I get to feel better about working there, working for you, and then, and then uh, whatever you come up with is going to be implemented easier because they were part of the decision. You know, it's all kind of common sense, but more than more often than not, um, managers don't do this type of stuff. That they tend to, you know, you get a job as a manager, you're promoted for something else. You know, you did technically or sales or IT or whatever, and now you got to use skills skill set that you. <laughs> You haven't had to. <laughs> Most managers initially uh, kind of flail because they are too busy trying to be the person in charge and and uh, telling people what we're going to do and and who catching people doing things wrong and being the smartest person in the room and that's not going to get you anywhere. But resentment and you got to back off that. Instead, uh, work is Peter Drucker defines as getting the job done through others. 
And so that means you got to be there to help them. And then if they make a mistake, say another another simple uh, technique that doesn't cost anything. That's a big a big uh, morale boost. Is if they make a mistake, uh, you can catch them doing catch them with the mistake and prove that you're smarter than them and embarrass them in front of their peers. Or you could, you know, take a breath and say, "Hey, I'm not sure I would have done it the same way." What'd you learn from that? In fact, Mario, Gee, Bob, remember, that sounds awfully familiar, Bob. That sounds awfully familiar. Did we have an example of that, Mario, earlier when we were working together? Yeah. Why don't you tell uh, us about that? A couple of months after I started working for Blanchard, Bob was my boss, and uh, I printed up, We in product development, we created a uh, a leadership assessment. And in this assessment, it was about six pages long, and this was back in the days when uh, spell check was just coming out, and some people were using it and other people weren't. Well, I was one of those stupid people that didn't use it when I could have. And wouldn't you know it, but the word manager showed up as manger. Actually, you might have been using it because I think that's uh, manger is a real word too. So. Oh, that's right. That's what yeah. exactly what happened. And so the spell check didn't come up with it because manger is a real word. And I did not do the human eye check. I just relied on that, and it cost us ten thousand dollars. You know, I printed the darn things up. Hundred times throughout the assessment, yes. <laughs> so Bob, instead of saying "tisk tisk tisk," you're, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, he says, "Mario, you know what? Think of it as I just we just spent ten thousand dollars on your training." <laughs> and I bet you'll never make that mistake again. And and he it never was great. did. We laughed at it. You know, it was fun. He laughed at it, and he says, this is how we learn. And uh, I didn't—I never made that mistake again. I made other mistakes, but I didn't make that one again. Ah, they were minor. By the way, one question we get a lot, Joey, is people look at the book and they go, God, that is great. How, how do you best use this? And so what we tell managers, and Bob learned this when he did 1,001 Ways. He says, just bring the, the book to your next staff meeting and pass it around to each of your, your staff members and have them select the things in the book that they value most. Like, like initial them in the column. You know, this is what I would want to do if, if, you know, I want to be recognized like this, or this is what I want to do when we want to have fun. And guess what you get at the end of the meeting? You get a book that is customized for the things that your people really want to do. And then as things happen, you look, pick up the book and say, here's what we're going to do. And it's foolproof. You're always doing something that people want to do. Which, again, makes, makes it easier to implement, easier to follow through on. Because there's a lot of people that will just say, hey, I know what that person wants. I know what they want. And they go do it, and it falls flat. And it's, you know, it's we always, you know, one of our... One of our uh, principles that we have in the book is find out what your people really value and make sure you're providing them with that. That's where so, it starts, yeah. Yeah, we say safe and make sure it's safe and fun for everyone. That's the one, one key rule. You, you, can't, you can't have fun by, you know, having jokes at someone's expense. That's, that's like funny for like two seconds, and then they're upset, and then they're about to quit. And so you, you got to do it. Uh, if you make jokes about anyone, make it about yourself, you know, and uh, be the person that's that's uh, big enough to laugh at itself. 
Like no, no crazy physical uh, endeavors either. I, I just uh, rewatched. Well, well funny oh, you should okay. mention okay, that. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, if the group wants to do, you know, we have a group that does bungee jumping off bridges. Okay. And they all says, "No, that's what we want to do." So that—that's what they did. How about that one woman who says, "You know, when I make this goal, you know what I'd like? I'd like my boss to wash my car in front of everybody in the parking lot." And sure enough, she made goal. She brought the hose, and the the boss took over from there, and they had a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, blast. the boss was suggesting that for whoever makes this goal, I'll wash their car. And now they could have they could have just given them a car wash coupon or taking the car through a car wash, but they made a whole performance out of it, and they did it in the in the lot and in the parking lot, and everyone was looking out the windows and and what's going on, you know? Well. Yeah, someone's getting their car washed because they finished the project. You know. How about the boss who shaved his head? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I uh, worked with a company in Seattle where the sales manager said, if we make this goal, we're up against it. But if we make it, I'll, I'll shave my head. And that was, you know, was part of the banter of, of making it happen. And, and sure enough, they did. And then the, the people that had the most progress against the goal, they got to cut the first locks, and they did in front of the whole company. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of a lot of fun. You they know? all loved. There's only one person who didn't like it at all, and that's when the guy went home and his wife saw him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Uh, but um, or or I'll give you another example from the book. Um, I interviewed a CEO, and he said we like to do something a couple times a year. Uh, a uh, with everybody you know uh, a fun fun type of thing and but whatever he did it never seemed that much fun people didn't seem like they really wanted to be there and not everyone showed up you know and so he felt it wasn't working and so he had another executive try it same results and finally decided he was you know is coming at it wrong instead of kind of forcing his idea on everyone he got a millennial to say, would you like, would you be willing to do this? Hey, absolutely. And the guy used social media tools to find out the best time and survey people. And they came up with three ideas and the CEO could now veto one he didn't like, but they, they ended up doing one they'd never done before. And it was a blast. They actually did a, um, one of these pirate shows where you could, uh, get served turkey legs and watch a uh, jousting <laughs> and everyone loved it. And the kids loved it and everyone loved it. So uh, sometimes if it's not working for you, maybe you're pushing too hard and try a different approach. Yeah, another one is when uh, they had bring your dog to day work, bring your pet to, to work day. And they got to be so popular that some companies got real serious about it. And they put in fire hydrants in their break area so that they could have their dogs be there. They They had special foods for them. They had you know treats and the whole bit and uh, people just love it in fact you know during this pandemic people says i'm not going back to work unless i can bring my my dog my that, that's actually been part of the resentment going back to work is people don't want to leave their pet and now leaving your pet is you have an apartment it's got a dog in an apartment for eight hours <laughs> they could tear the place up you know <laughs> so, it's it's a great it's a simple thing to if you can allow People would bring their pets to work. So that's just one of the sections we have in the book. And again, yeah. there's so many different ideas about 
how to have pets at work and have fun with your pets. We've had it with the virtual. We've got that. That's another chapter too, how to have fun on your virtual meetings. But we've had CEOs and high-level execs having virtu- their virtual meetings, having their pets sit on their lap, and they all introduce their pets. They go around the, you know, the 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 monitor. Doing or that. or Hyatt, for example, they have people fill out uh, me profiles. So if you're dealing with people online, especially if a lot of people are working from home now. Then they fill out a survey about their hobbies and do they have pets and where their pets' names and that type of stuff to allow people to get to know each other better. And now they've got uh, also ways to thank each other should they want to because they know them a little bit better. Um, another thing that Hyatt does is they assign um, uh, praise buddies, kind of like Secret Santas, but they assign, you know employees to someone else on the team for the next month to pay special attention to what Tom's doing and you see something good, call it out for the group. You know? Very simple thing and kind of fun. And then someone's doing it for that person else in the group. And, you know, <clears throat> of course, anyone can chime in, but it kind of guarantees that there's going to be a banter of catching people doing things right. Well, I got to tell you, we, that reminds me, one of, the, one of the things we did in, in our department meetings with Bob is we had very, very highly participative meetings to the point where sometimes people would step on each other and wouldn't let people finish talking. So Bob came up with this idea, and he he went home one weekend. He came back, and he came back with this big coconut. And he said, here's, here's what we're going to do. If you're going to talk in the meeting, you have to be holding the coconut. So that coconut was thrown around the meetings. And, Give uh, me the coconut. It, it got to be real fun. <laughs> Of course, till the time when somebody threw it and the other person wasn't looking. Oh man! <laughs> but that we also that did, was having fun at somebody's expense. We also did uh, stand-up meetings. You, you want a short meeting? Do a stand-up meeting, or we we did we we experimented with uh, how to keep things fresh. And it, In fact, it they got well. to be so good, we ended up having our meeting table redesigned and built where it was like today. Now they have those adjustable high tables that people stand up that's what we had for our meetings we we should have we should have uh copywritten or or, or uh, what do you trademark. call it trademark that yeah. thing there you go but a, a a great uh virtual example because so many people are spend time on zoom uh calls now or go to meetings or or whatever google meets that uh, and get the, we get the question. Well, what can you what can you do and uh, virtually to thank people? Well, one of my favorite ones is you can do a praise barrage, and that's where you you say, "Hey, before we dig into the agenda, I want to just take a few minutes and go around our group." As I call your name, I like everyone else to say something they value about working with you. Hundred percent positive. Let's start with uh, Tony. Now Mary. And what do you have? Ten minutes later, you've gotten around the group. Everyone has gotten personal feedback from people they work with. So that's going to make them feel great. It's going to bind. It's going to make the team more tightly operate together because they've they've done that sharing. And I, I guarantee you, whatever someone has been called out for as being good at, they will become great at because they've been encouraged. So Tom, you're great summarizing. Uh, where we are and what are the next steps. Now he's going to be super at it and make the means even better. And then what they did is they put that, that agenda item as a standing agenda item for every meeting. They start the meeting with praises. Yeah. 
who has any praising and and uh I've got one and I could top it you know and I I've seen companies turn around just with that one technique where it was a really uh, bitter place to work and I was working with a manufacturing plant in in Cary North Carolina and they their meetings were basically blame games and you know somebody somebody left the number 3 turbine on uh, it wasn't me you know <laughs> And, and all of a sudden they they said, "Well, we're going to try something different. We're going to stop, <laughs> stop. We're going to start with any praisings, any thank yous for other people." And initially they, you know, people were kind of quiet. And there wasn't anyone, and and but they kept at it. The next meeting, someone spoke up, and wow, that's that's a great thing. And then someone else spoke up, and all of a sudden it became part of how they work together. That they're constantly acknowledging the things that are going right instead of complaining about the things that are going wrong, you know, and it became a, a fun, positive culture just from making that one change. Now, that, they, that led to other changes as well, but that was the, the trigger for it. Fantastic. Well, you've, you've been dropping, I feel like, examples of this left and right, but we always like to, to wrap up with the top three. And so maybe, maybe we'll narrow this. We'll narrow this just a little bit of your top three ways to have fun at work from an individual level. So one person what are your top three ways for how they can have fun well i think you know one of the things that people usually have a lot of fun with because again some people don't like it um is having a a a dress day for some type of um special event you know it could be cowboy day elvis day elvis hey there's an idea could be elvis day i would talk like a pirate day (laughs) november 9th people you know, you just think about Halloween. Think about Halloween uh, uh, events. People like doing that kind of stuff. So, and then the thing is, you you ask them, "What do you want to do?" And they usually come up with something really good. And then they take ownership. And then before you know it, they want to do more and more, and people are having a lot more fun at work and getting things done. Very important that we're not saying have fun at work in lieu of getting work done. We're saying have fun at work. Because that fun helps you get the work done where you feel good about it. The, the, your boss and your department does, and, and the entire organization wins. It's a win-win. Yeah, and just the, the simple thing of, of thanking someone, which is how, how much more common sense can you get? Most employees don't receive that where they work. They don't receive it from their boss. In fact, most people say, the only time I hear from my boss is when I made a mistake. And so I try to avoid my boss at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's, it's common nature. If you get if you're getting you know dinged every time you see someone, you start to avoid seeing them. Maybe they'll ding someone else instead, you know. But um, it could be turned around very simply by uh, I got I got to tell you, I've been uh, I've worked with a lot of companies. I worked with the IRS. They talk about you know potentially a negative culture, and they they had supervisors. They would listen on people's phone calls. And until they heard them do something wrong, you know, they quoted the wrong policy or they should have directed somewhere else and they'd write them up and they'd go to the next person and do the same thing. And I said, you know, it's, it's great that you're having that, uh, that monitoring, but instead just make one change and you're going to change the whole culture. And that is you write them up on something they did well and then go to the next person and do the same thing. And that's what they did, and it, it actually it actually worked. It made it a lot more positive, especially because if you got written up with something negative, if you got a couple of those, it it meant a ding in your next uh, raise. 
so there were some financial consequences. And so telling people they did a good job and, and I, how hard it would be to say, and if you, if you do that, if you get five of those, and you're going to get a little something extra in your next raise, you know. It's a very, very simple thing, but it's a very huge difference of the approach. The other thing that that does is when you start to give more positive feedback than negative feedback, it makes it easy to give that critical feedback because they're not cringing. Hey, uh, see me. Come, come talk to me. Because in the old days, when you heard that, it was, uh-oh. But now, if you're getting so much positive, it's like, okay, what is that? Yeah, I can do that. No problem. Yeah, you've built a goodwill, and, and there's a trust you've built. Uh, Dr. Stephen Covey used to say that, you know, uh, you, can't, you can't make withdrawals in the human in the bank. bank unless you made some deposits first. So you gotta, and then, then you do that, and then people are eager to help you and because you've, you've, uh, you've helped them and you've, you've praised them and you've, uh, they want to pay you back. And I, I found that to be very true uh, when, when I've uh, used that to ask favors from employees that you know, maybe working hours that they weren't scheduled or, or doing something that maybe wasn't officially their, their responsibility, but they were eager to help out because of other things I'd done that were so positive with them. One company is that is Petco. You probably heard of them. Yeah. Well, their headquarters is here in where Bob and I live in San Diego. Both work you, with them. Yeah. You can walk in there and walk down the hallways, and they have all their cubicles, and they have crisscrossing and all that. And you look in both sides of the the, the hallways, and you see all these pets. I mean, these people are motivated because they get to bring, and not just dogs, lizards, snakes, birds. You you know you mention it they they have it's, it there. It's actually proven to pet a a dog or cat it lowers your your blood stress pressure. level and your blood yeah. pressure. Yeah, so it's it's not just uh, it's not just silly fun. It's there's a there's a reality to it behind it. And then you know it, and it it's like you know if you have dogs you probably used to walking them and that's that's how you meet the whole neighborhood right because <laughs> and everyone that has a dog you know who they are and where they live and what they do and. And uh, it's the same. Same is true at, at at work as well. We'll come in to visit your 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 pet and talk to him in the meantime and make another friend. Yes, I know. I'm going to get plenty of puppy scratches in uh, right right after work here. So, if people want to learn some of these other ways and pick up a copy of the book and learn learn more about how they can have fun at work, where can they find y'all? Well, the book is at any place that sells books. Amazon. I actually have uh sell them off of my my uh website um barnes and noble uh you can get audiobooks any bookstore you can even get them in the airports my my um online bookstore is nelson-motivation.com and it's got all all my books and i sell it at discounted prices cuz i can get them cheaper as an author Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so, the, yeah, that's the best discount you can get if you go to drbobnelson.com. Well, Dr. Bob, Mario, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. This was, I mean, like like the name of the book suggests, this was a lot of fun. You know, it's just something oh. cool to do. You take the book in, and you never know where it's going to take you. Plus, if you get the book, you get to see a uh, a, a special bonus. Oh, Mario and I in our, our high school pictures. <laughs> so we both... We'd 1974 be, and 73 and 74. I like the matching right? hairstyles there. 
Yes, <laughs> yeah, you both yeah. had afros, and it was like uh, the Mod Squad and uh, Room. What was that called? About Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all the rage. Yeah, I think that's worth it for for the price alone, just to see just to see those photos, and yeah. you're getting all that's that other it. content. <laughs> yeah, and every organization that we profile in there, uh, they're listed in the back along with contact information. Hundred percent actual, real examples real, that the people real are deal. doing right now. So that's around the world. You know, it's not just stuff that's made up. Or try this. You know, it's it has some of our of that from us, but it's mainly real examples from real people. So it's already working somewhere. Yeah. It'll probably work for you as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you again. And of course, we got to wrap up with a corny joke, as we always do. I asked my friend if they minded if I did a little shadow boxing. And they said, knock yourself out. <laughs> good afternoon, today, people. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good, Joey. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you're a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.